ever wondered how taboo, shame, and lack of good sexual education have stripped away elements of pleasure in childbirth and parenting that are essential to loving, intimate relationships? Join me for another episode of Orgasmic Birth Podcast, Pleasure in Pregnancy, Birth, and Parenting, as we break down and heal barriers and open the door to more love and intimacy in birth and life. Have you or someone you met suffered from birth trauma? My heart always hurts when I hear stories or as a doula where I've actually witnessed where a woman's voice is not heard and birthing people and partners too don't feel supported, respected, and involved in decision-making. So we're going to talk about birth trauma today and you may wonder why on an orgasmic birth podcast we're talking about birth trauma. But from my experience and also looking at the news and the surveys, too many people on a day that I know birth should and could be orgasmic for everyone is becoming traumatic. So I felt it's really important to talk about it and talk about ways that preparing, positively preparing for birth with an orgasmic birth can be preventative and give you tools that you need So you don't suffer from birth trauma, but instead create an experience that's positive, pleasurable, joyful, and respectful. So in listening today, make sure you create safe space. Always move at the pace that feels right to you. This may be something you need to come back to at another time, or maybe grab a partner or a friend to listen to together. Hi, I'm Deborah Pascali Bonaro, founder and director of Orgasmic Birth and host of the Orgasmic Birth podcast. So I wanted to read to you today a description that I found on the March of Dimes website, and it says that birth trauma is any physical or emotional distress you may experience during or after childbirth. During the birth, you may feel afraid, helpless, or unsupported by those around you. After birth, you may be left feeling guilty or numb due to events beyond your control. You could even suffer from panic attacks. If this happens, know that you're not alone. According to the National Institute of Health, up to 45% of new mothers experience birth trauma, and the effects can continue long after birth itself. This is outrageous because we know this is preventable. So as you're listening, really make space, maybe take notes. Think about if you have had birth trauma, please know you're not alone, but also know that there's help out there. There are many great therapists that specialize in birth trauma and really help you to be seen and heard and provide you with tools because healing is always possible and it is something that you deserve, especially as you're parenting, to feel respected and whole. There are also some great online resources too. One of my favorites, and I love the acronym, is an organization called PATCH. P-A-T-T-C-H dot org. And they have a whole section, birth trauma resources. So that'll be in the show notes below too for you. So 
Let's really talk about prevention. How can preparing for an orgasmic birth help you protect against a traumatic birth? First, let me help you in that as a doula and having worked with so many great researchers, I'm always looking at what do people say are the essential elements to have a positive pleasure, I would add pleasurable, but a positive birth, right? So one of the things that we learned early on, it's not about length of labor. And if you listen to my recent podcast with Annie, she had a 68-hour orgasmic birth. So it's not about time. It's also not about vaginal birth versus cesarean birth. And I've listened to stories of people that have had beautiful cesarean births. I've actually filmed one of the first gentle births here in New Jersey. And that particular family felt their birth was so positive. And again, they had a really long labor. They were transferred from home to hospital. They ended up really feeling supported in their choice and their decision, and they knew it was the best for their baby and for them as well. So it's not about a vaginal birth or cesarean. Cesarean births can be positive, joyful, loving, and what I call orgasmic in their own way too. What it is about in listening to people and what the research shows is that the number one thing is that whoever is around you is respectful. Whenever a birthing person feels completely respected, heard, and seen, that's one essential element. And if you think about it, think about any day in your life that you were disrespected. How did that feel? Can you imagine being disrespected on the day you're bringing life into the world? That would be really terrible. And that's what happens in birth trauma. The other thing for a positive birth is people want to feel supported. And so thus, if you've listened to me talk and many of the people that have had orgasmic birth and shared their stories have doulas there. You want someone that knows birth and is there, not changing shift. You want to know they're there from the time you want them. Usually in active labor till an hour or two after the birth, you're going to have the consistency of continuity of care. So continuous support, and that can also be partners, midwives, other staff that are there that you feel supported. The next thing for a positive birth is that you're part of decision-making, that your voice and choice is always engaged and honored and heard. So we'll talk more about that. And the last element for a positive birth is that you have good relationships with your care team. So again, just to summarize, it's that you feel really respected, you feel supported, you have all the information you need, and you're engaged in informed decision-making, your voice and choice is heard, and that's done with a really good relationship and feeling really honored by your whole team. Really, when we think about that, we can apply that to any place, whether you're birthing at home, a birth center, or a hospital, and from a short labor to a long labor, and when birth asks more of you, when a baby might need more to safely come into the world, if we can meet those four elements, people often leave birth, even with its challenges, feeling empowered, finding strengths within themselves, and feeling really positive. 
So breaking it down, right, informed decision-making, and I've talked about this in other podcasts, it's so important that you know your provider's paradigm. How many water bursts do they do? How many doula-supported bursts are there? How often do people move around and dance and kiss? Are they used to being with people that want privacy and intimacy? So really making sure what your place of birth and what your individual providers or the team of providers, what their model is and what their rates of interventions are. And we talked with midwife Robin Lim on one of my podcasts and at her birth center for all these years, her cesarean birth rate is under 3%. So when you look at a rate of that, you really know that only people that really need a cesarean birth and benefit for them or their baby have a cesarean. I'm here in New Jersey, and sadly, many of our hospitals around here are 30, 40, and some close to 50% cesarean birth rate. So really knowing that, and of course, if you go into a start labor at home, even for people that need to transport, the studies show that cesarean rate is often below 5%. And if you're giving birth at a birth center, again, cesarean birth rates, the transfer needing a cesarean are much lower than if you begin labor in a hospital environment. So find out all this data, really dive into it so that you feel confident where and with whom you're giving birth. The next piece is those communication skills. And this is where preparing for an orgasmic birth, joining us in our class of pleasurable birth essentials will really guide you. Because when you're really taking the time to prepare for birth with pleasure, you want to talk to your care team about intimacy about sexuality, about needing privacy, about ways that you might be using pleasure as a tool, other comfort measures, and really learning to effectively communicate. So when you feel confident to talk to your provider about any aspect of yourself, we've talked about sometimes needing even to heal intergenerational trauma or our own past traumas, these are important that your team is aware of what you're thinking, that they understand ways that you'd like to be cared for, how you want to be respected. What's the language that you like to use about your body and birth? So developing those good communication skills for me is a real important tool for orgasmic birth and for sex, right? I often say that a lot of intimacy begins between our ears. It's what we hear from our partners, looking in their eyes, feeling what the message that's being communicated, both verbal and non-verbally. And so that's a big part for me of helping you prepare for an orgasmic birth. Creating a respectful environment and I call that birth ambiance, right? The sensuality. How do we take in all our senses at birth? What we see, what we hear, what we feel, what we smell, what we taste. But for this, it even goes beyond setting the sensual environment. It's having a respectful environment. So again, how is it? Have you talked with them? Will people be knocking to come in your space? Can they just walk in without letting you know? How will a respectful environment be created for you so that you feel confident with your team? And of course, I would add adding a doula to your team. I mentioned that before. 
but having someone that's there continuously, that is aware of your choices, your preferences, how you might be wanting to bring in any cultural traditions, really honoring every aspect of yourself. And a doula never makes decisions for you. They're only there to amplify your voice and choice. The next thing in preparing for a pleasurable birth is to really make informed choices. So that's understanding the benefits, the risks, the alternatives for all the different interventions. So that should anything be needed for you or for your baby, you can really take some time and be reminded what were those benefits, risks, alternatives? What does your intuition say about it? Do you want to do them? And we've talked about that too. That can be a no, I don't, or not now, I need more time, or never. So really understanding that making informed decisions is about having all the information you need ahead of time. There's a lot of choices in maternity care. And the more you understand about each of them prenatally, the more you can be engaged and part of decision-making in that time. I also would say a big preventer for birth trauma is listen to many birth stories. I hope you're listening to all the stories that we're sharing on our podcast, the many people that are willing to share their most intimate moments to inspire you. And they often end by sharing their bit of wisdom, what they would suggest that you take time to do to better prepare for birth. And one thing that happens is people that have positive stories often don't walk up to people at the supermarket and just go to, up to you in the park and tell you this beautiful orgasmic birth story. We've silenced people that have positive stories because they don't want to make anyone feel bad. So they tend to be quiet till we invite them to the podcast and other places to specifically share about their pleasurable birth. But know that so many people that have had birth trauma, that have had challenges, and rightfully so, they want to share, they want to be heard, they want to be validated. But what I would encourage you when you're pregnant is to find your own boundaries around stories. Some of my clients prefer when someone just randomly walks up and wants to share their birth story, and you can tell right from the beginning it was challenging, is to say, Thank you so much for your concern and your willingness to share. But why I'm pregnant, I'm really trying to keep myself protected from all the different opinions and stories that might bring challenge to me. But I'd love to hear your story and want to honor you. Maybe after my baby arrives, do you come to this park often or do you shop here? If I see you once my baby's arrived, I'd love to take the time and sit and hear your story. Another way of reframing it, if you do want to listen right now, is say, it's sometimes hard for me to hear the challenges, but I really want to honor you. And if you can share your birth story, but where there are challenges, could you offer me what you might do different? If you were to do it again, what would be your advice? What could you suggest to me so that I could help navigate or maybe even prevent the challenges. So every story has lessons. And if we can set it up to learn from them, then hearing some challenging stories can offer a lot of insights. But I would always suggest you counterbalance 
and make sure you're consuming a good dose of positive, pleasurable birth stories too. Because listening to stories that do go well, where people feel respected and honored and part of choices and birthing in every way really will give you insights and ideas and ways that you can create the birth that you want. So then I would say some of my last tips for you is making sure you're writing down and communicating any cultural traditions you have to really think about the sacredness of birth. Do you love spiritual practices, religious? Are there prayers, affirmations, visualizations? What are ways that you're going to bring in and hold space to honor both the physical, the emotional, the spiritual and sacred, and yes, the sexual and the intimate parts? So what so often happens when there's birth trauma is partners feel lost. They see things happening. They may be separated. They also sometimes don't have their voices heard. So really important that when we can talk with caregivers about birth being sacred, about birth being intimate, creating an environment where, think about it, if people are being intimate, you're not going to be able to come barging in without knocking and asking permission. You're not going to come in and be disrespectful if two people are in sacred space. So the more you really take the time to define what do you want in birth, how are you going to bring together all these elements and develop the communication skills to talk with your team about it. And I think it's important to know that doctors, and bless them, we need them. They're really essential to keep safe maternity care. But they're trained for all those interventions. And in prenatal care, they see so many people that often your visit is only five, six, seven minutes long. They're booking you back to back. So taking time to talk about these things can be challenging. Make sure you call ahead and respect their time. Ask an office manager if at your next appointment, you could have an extra 10 minutes to just talk about some of your desires and understand their practice better and develop those skills and relationship with them. If you have a hospital-based midwife, they often book about 15 minutes a visit. So again, much more likely that you'll have time and they often do go into both physical and emotional well-being, knowing that your emotional well-being is a huge part of creating a gentle birth and an important outcome. Years ago, we just cared about having a baby and doing that safely. But we know you must both survive and thrive. Both your physical and emotional well-being must both be honored. We should not be seeing birth trauma. So midwives will take more time, and that is something that they really pride themselves on. And if you have a home birth midwife, your visits will be about an hour each. So much more time to go through all the different elements that we've talked about and make sure your midwife really knows you and knows your preferences and desires, both in the best of times and if challenges arise. What are the ways that you can navigate that together and still have a safe, satisfying, and pleasurable birth experience. So I hope that today has helped you 
if you've had birth trauma, again, my heart goes out to you. I really know that there is healing out there and developing a pleasure practice is a part of healing. We're seeing more and more how creating one to three minutes, and I say three to five times a day of pleasure can bring us healing when we have challenges and is one of the best preparations to begin living a life of pleasure so you can bring that pleasure to birth. So I'd love to hear from you. I did these tips help you. If you'd like to prepare for a pleasurable birth, please join me. I offer Pleasurable Birth Essentials. It's our online class, Go at Your Own Pace. I also do private birth coaching. And stay tuned for, I'm going to be offering some more live webinars and ways that you can engage with me directly and others that I work with so you too can positively prepare for birth and do all you can to ensure that your entire team and you are in a respectful, dignified, safe environment where you all can experience the joy and pleasure of birth. Wishing you a great day. I always love to hear from you. Please jump over to Instagram, tag me, let me know what came up for you. And we're always looking for birth stories. So if you had a beautiful, challenging, long, difficult, amazing, loving, joyful, blissful, pleasurable birth, please reach out. We'd love to feature your story and your wisdom on an episode of the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about pleasure in birth parenting and birth work, visit orgasmicbirth.com forward slash more for my free gifts. And please leave a review about your experience. Reviews help us to reach more people and please subscribe. Subscribe.